Tabula Rasa, bitches. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> my name is Allie, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Nick, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to season two, episode four of Tabula Rasa, bitches. We're so glad you're here. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, your two co-hosts discuss and dissect Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that bonded them together so many years ago. In this episode, we'll be discussing season two, episode four, Inca Mummy Girl. And this episode is an extra special episode because today we'll be talking with our very first special guest. Woo! Oh my God, so exciting. And that <laughs> very special guest is the fabulous unicorn, endlessly dedicated dog mom, dear friend of the pod extraordinaire, friend whose last name I'm terrified I'm gonna mispronounce <laughs> even though we've been together for seven years, Jordan DeYoung. Hi. Yay. Hello, Jordan. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. Oh my goodness. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. I cannot wait to talk Buffy. Yay. And we're so honored you're here to talk Buffy. Sorry, Ali, I yeah, talked over you. No. Don't let men talk over you. It's <laughs> a good lesson. <laughs> Key takeaway. Uh, Jordan, so what are your pronouns? Where do you live? Tell us all about yourself. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I currently live in Eastern Tennessee, but don't hold that against me. Don't make any assumptions about me due to that. Uh, I don't hey, identify Hey, Nick lives in claim. South Carolina, so. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I am a new fan to the Buffy series. Um, I never previously watched it growing up, but once Nick started this podcast, I was like, I absolutely have to watch every episode and follow along. So, no, I'm a huge oh, fan, obviously. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I love the idea of someone experience like us being part of your your first experience of Buffy. Yes. Oh, that's so special. And th well, go sorry, Jordan. Don't let men talk over you. I was Keep just going to say thank you so much for introducing me to it. Well, what do you think of Buffy so far? Give us your thoughts. You're now, you're now what, 16 episodes? Yes. That was quick math. I have what do you think? Job. I have watched them Stop all. It. My husband has watched them with me also. Um, although I will say I watched Inca Mummy Girl three times to prepare. <laughs> um, I, I'm of two minds about it. So obviously it has its like corny 90s elements. Like the punching noises are some of my faves. Um, and like some of it is like silly and cheesy, which I love. But then there's this other side of it that is like super ahead of its time, feminist, mm -hmm. like girl power, friendship rocks. Like the overall message is awesome. And I think the characters are really great. And so I have thoroughly enjoyed all of it. That's awesome. I hear that a lot when people who watched it later in life talk about Buffy. They're like, yeah, the first season's kind of corny, but like it gets better in the second season. And I'm like, I I don't see that at all. I have not not to like contradict you or anything. It's just so funny the way that like it just like slides by when you've grown up with it. And now I'm now I'm gonna have to think back and maybe rewatch some of the fight scenes to see if I notice the the punching sounds. The punching yeah. sounds funny. just really jump out at me. I don't know why. That's just one of the things I really <laughs> latch on to. It's like <laughs> it's classic. But yeah. No, and I think when I say like it's corny and can be cheesy, I've heard that too about season one is different. It's different when you don't have that nostalgic element to yeah, it and yeah, you sure, didn't sure. like as watching it for the first time in 2022 when it was produced in the 90s is like it's yeah. very 90s. Like all that jumps out oh, at yeah. more, I think. 
Uh, but yeah, I love when that. I when I went through Charmed oh, because yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch it when it was yeah, originally aired, example. I was like, "Wow, this is like a shitty Buffy." <laughs> well, you have to as we go through the episode, as as those like classic '90s things come up that Allie and I are just blind to. You have to tell us and be like, yes, "LOL, definitely. that was so goofy." I wrote some of them down. Yeah, My notes are I'm- so sassy. Oh, I have some uh, sassy notes about this one as well. We welcome all and any sassiness. Excellent. Jordan, what is your connection to the podcasting world? I'm I'm fishing here. Well, I, want it, I want you to tell everybody. That sounds like a leading question, Obviously, <laughs> my wonderful friend Nick Mercer hosts this podcast, but I also have a podcast of my own. Emphasis on wonderful. <laughs> extra wonderful, extra super mega wonderful. I have a podcast of my own. Um, it's called The Podcast Diaries. Uh, we started it almost two years ago now. So my friend Francis and I decided during the height of quarantine that we were going to reread a book series we loved as teens. Uh, it's called The Princess Diaries by Meg Cabot. A lot of people don't know that that movie is actually based on an 11 book and seven mini book series. That's so many books. It is a lot of Ooh. books. It was like 50 or 60 episodes of season one. Amazing. And so we re- re- we reread them together like from a 30-year-old perspective. And then we did a season two of another Meg Cabot book series. And I'm taking a break for season three, but Francis is still doing a season three with a good friend of hers. They're reading um, another like super feminist YA series called The Song of the Lioness. And they are doing a great job. The first episode's out. And Nick was one of our only two repeat guests on the podcast diaries. <sighs> so quite a high honor. I, I am that. honored and very lucky. Allie, so there was one night where I was rewatching Buffy as you know, I can, that that's just like an evergreen phrase that I can say. <laughs> I watched the season five finale last night because I wanted some of the badassery. Ooh. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. We can't spoil no anything. But, no, but that's like, an intense episode. It is. Just to I'm, like jump into. I'm um constant. There was one particular thing I want. I'm not going to say it, what I was looking for, but I'll tell you off recording. Okay. I so I'm pretty much constantly in the middle of a Buffy rewatch, but Jordan and Podcast Diaries is actually a huge inspiration for me. Just seeing Aww. her passion for the series and getting to connect with Francis over it, and and like revisiting a series that clearly meant so much to them. Um, yeah. It was really an inspiration for me to text you that one time and be like, Allie, we, <laughs> we should do this. We have to do this. We love it's Buffy. True. And true. we should do something with our love for Buffy. So I do. T- I talk about that when people ask me about the podcast. I talk about that all the time when I was like, yeah, my best friend Nick was like, we should have a Buffy podcast. And I was like, oh, God, the last thing I need to do is a podcast. And the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, my God, we can't not do this. Yeah. To do a Buffy podcast. Was it the same for you, Jordan? How did the idea come to you? I was just listening to the audiobooks. I was driving a lot for work. And I decided I was like, I'm going to listen to these audiobooks. I love these books as a kid. Like, let's see how it holds up. And I had such different thoughts about them that I had when I read them, like, as a teenager. So, and I texted Frances about it because she and I read them, like, together. And so then the idea Aww. was formed. And I actually, um, I would like to supply something briefly, if I may. Um, so in, vo- in volume four of the Princess Diary series, Princess in Waiting, there's a diary entry where Princess Mia and her good friend Lily are rating TV shows that are on. And what do you know here on page 169, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I'd like to read this entry. So from Lily, feminist empowerment at its peak, entertainment at its best. 
The heroine is a lean, mean vampire killing machine who worries as much about her immortal soul as she does about messing up her hair. A strong role model for young women, nay, people of both genders and all ages, will benefit from the viewing of this show. All of television should be this good. The fact that this show has for so long been ignored by the Emmys is a travesty. Uh, no shit. And then, uh, wait, and then Mia rebuttals. If only the buffster could just find a boyfriend who doesn't need to drink platelets to survive. High point. Anytime there's kissing. Low point, none. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so and wild. And so I just wanted to tie that in a little uh, way to marry that our two a, podcasts. That's a bananas connection. Isn't that oh cute? Oh, my God. Somebody. I love that. So, that yeah. will 100% be the audiogram for this episode. I am um, Oh, you. I love that. I was so excited when I remembered that that existed and I had to dig around to find it, but I was very <laughs> glad I did. <laughs> yeah, worth worth the find. Yeah. So crazy. Wow. That's so perfect. What a connection. That feels so right. It really does. Also a perfect review. <laughs> Agreed. For sure. Yeah, Meg Cabot. Yes, Meg, you good really job, clocked Meg. it, didn't you? She did. I always heard really good things about that series. It's amazing. I mean, every time I heard it described, it's ob- it's absolutely up my my alley. I just didn't actually read it, so it's fab. I bet I'd still enjoy. Highly it. recommend. Well, if you ever do a uh, read through Alley, I know of a really great podcast that did a <laughs> listen and review, and it had um, at least one guest on twice who is super smart and insightful. So, and not to brag, but we did interview Meg Cabot on our podcast. If you are interested, in shut hearing. up. Yeah, isn't that nuts? <laughs> Yes, yeah. we did get to interview her. It was pretty cool. <laughs> they tweeted That's at amazing. her and then yeah, yeah. That is why you tweet at celebrities because you never, you never know. know. That's fantastic. I mean, I even just get excited when a celebrity likes my tweet. Absolutely. It I get excited when other podcasts like our tweets. PS shout out to Buffy Gays. Love you. Love you, Buffy Gays. Hi. But we love our podcast yeah, friends. If a actual Buffy person ever interacted with us, I would cease to exist. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like we. I feel like we've got a pretty good shot with Nicholas Brendan. Old Nikki is pretty in, te- uh, in touch with his fans. So. Oh, good. Well, Nicholas Brendan, I'm sorry for all the hate on Xander. It's mostly deserved. Is that Xander? Um, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I I have more to say about Xander. <laughs> I have more to say, especially about this episode, Allie. I think that might be a good. Segway, <laughs> whatever. Fuck you, Sigu. <laughs> I will Sigu into the episode summary. Whatever. <laughs> As usual, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode, and in fact, we'll be extra careful because our fabulous guest host is new to Buffy. I love that. But today, we'll discuss this episode spoilers and all. So, if you want to rewatch the episode, pause and go do that. All right. It's foreign exchange student time at Sunnydale High, and Buffy is hosting a male student from South America. Xander isn't thrilled until, it seems, Buffy's actually hosting a girl, not a boy. Unbeknownst to the Scoobies, this girl, who takes on the name Ampara, is an ancient Incan mummy who was sacrificed by her people. She's brought back to life and must drain the life force of other people in order to remain alive. Xander quickly charms Ampara with his goofiness, and she agrees to go with him to the upcoming World Culture Dance. Oof. (laughs) cultures aren't themes but anyway more bodies are discovered and Buffy and Giles realize that Empata is not is the mummy just as Willow is about to become Empata's next victim Xander offers himself in her place Empata hesitates just long enough to quickly age and turn to dust the next day Xander bemoans his awful luck in love fair and Buffy points out that Empata may have done bad things but she also had horrible things done to her 
And this summary was not translated from Buffy Guide. I quote, I did this shit myself. And by I, I it's Nick. Nick did that shit himself. Excellent so good job, summary, Nick. Nick. Thank you. It took me far too long. But, you know. Summarizing things is an art, for sure. And I'm not an artist, so. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you. Um, okay, who's kicking us off? I have a note right at the start, but actually, I'm just going to jump in. Go for it. That it's only because it's the first shot. Buffy okay. is wearing some fabulous sunglasses that I don't mm-hmm. think we've seen before. We've seen the style before. Not those, Not those sunglasses, ones. though, and they match her shirt perfectly. And just That is indeed my second note of the sunglasses. Damn, you my even first know one, me. The first one, like, before the show, the episode had barely even started, I said, all right, let's see how this one aged. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I noticed that at some point they switched from like a random voice to Giles's voice reading the like uh-huh. in every generation. And uh-huh. I don't know when that happened, but I noticed it was the start, it here. the start of season two. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I don't know if they did that when it originally aired, but yeah, that it was uh I think from this from season two onward. Gotcha. It was that. And Jordan, that is an insightful note because in season two, episode one, which has not been released yet, we noticed that. Oh, sorry. So... Okay, you can cut that. <laughs> No, don't cut it. Keep no, it. No, no, Keep no, no. it. That's nice. Yeah. Very. Uh, I might say things that y'all have nice. already said, I guess, because you have. I haven't heard it. Also, speaking of clothes, Cordelia's outfit, I thought at the museum was always. very cute. Mm-hmm. Isn't it always on point? She's so it on is. Point. Always Icon. on point. Icon. Speaking of the museum, uh, I don't know if you guys are Bones fans, but the outside absolutely looks like the Jeffersonian from Bones. And the inside looks like the actual DC Smithsonian. So I don't I have no idea where they actually filmed. Probably somewhere in L.A. But I would be I willing know. to bet that Nick has not seen Bones. All right. Okay. So <laughs> I haven't seen Bones either, to be fair. You are missing out <laughs> on like 12 seasons of David Boreanaz. Oh, right. I... He's on that. He's Angel, yeah, he right? Is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I regularly get made fun of, mostly rightfully so, by my friends for never having watched TV and movies that most people have. Actually, Allie... In uh, Jordan and I were just in San Francisco. Yes, you were. And we watched, it was my first time, cut out the fact that it was my first time. I don't want people to know. Well, now it's going to be weird to cut it out. Whatever. Um, I watched Cruel Intentions for the first time. Ooh. That movie Did held up super so well, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it as a teenager. And we watched it again. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's awful. Funnily enough, Nick, I first saw that movie, I believe, with your sister when she was what? nannying over the summer. And it was definitely what? one of those things that I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be watching this. Uh, but I'm not going to stop this train yeah definitely it was not. exciting to me i didn't see the whole thing i think i caught like some of it and then later i rewatched and i was like i don't know how i feel about this like incest not incest stoof it's like, interesting yeah just clear sexual assault it's not it's not great yeah. it's not great yucky um so they are the scoobies are well, Xander, Willow, Buffy are walking into the museum discussing the exchange program that's going to happen, and mm-hmm. Buffy in and, and they get to talking about Xander specifically. And I thought this quote was funny from him. He goes, "My dad tried to send me to some Armenians once. Does that count?" <laughs> I wrote that down too. <laughs> oh, poor Xander. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Oh man. He also yeah. says about the museum that I loved: "Promise human sacrifice, deliver old pots and pans." <laughs> <laughs> and that made me laugh because it felt like the idea of going to a museum versus actually going to a museum for sure yeah and then I, I have a quote from Xander that now even though I watched the episode just this morning I forget the context he says yeah I'm irrational that way what did, what was he irrational about 
He's usually remember. pretty irrational, so could apply to any number of things. I am a Xander apologist. Same, I, same. And I appreciate it when I hear Nick <laughs> shitting all over him every episode and you defend him. <laughs> this episode was rough for Xander. And I'll say Xander. more about my thoughts on that at the end. But this this was yeah. this was a rough, rough I Xander episode. I was thinking episode. to myself before we recorded, there's some dialogue that's super cringy uh, from him like but, I'm, but i'm only <laughs> i'm only gonna mention it while i i'm just gonna put out my i feel like i'm the like zane i don't know i'm i'm only i'm not gonna be the negative nancy i'm just gonna throw out when we get there i'm only gonna throw it's out okay. the one differing blanket. opinions Yay. make for interesting conversation ali balances me out usually and i very much appreciate it but today we'll gang we'll gang up on you it's fine well, so one like of the time. students who we've never met before and haha won't meet again is kind of poking at one of the artifacts and Buffy's like, mm, I should probably go stop that. And Willow goes, hey, hey, maybe not. Maybe, you know, aggressive approach isn't the right thing. And so Willow goes to, to talk to him and Buffy says to Xander, I'm, I don't always solve things with violence, right? And Xander says, the important thing is you believe that. <laughs> I was noticing in this episode especially that it seems like in most episodes, the per especially these kind of fillery episodes, like standalone a little bit, mm -hmm. it feels like the problem initiator is almost always male, which I appreciate uh -huh. because it's true to life. <laughs> like the only one I can That's think of point. where it wasn't was the one where the girl was invisible or whatever. I'm sure oh, I'm yeah. forgetting something. Out of, of mind, out of sight. But yeah. typically it's a, a boy who's fucking everything uh, up. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, the witch. The witch was a, the witch, was a yes. girl. But yeah, that I would say still probably the majority. Yeah, I mean, we just watched the school pack. hard and Spike hardcore instigated that. So I have a crush on Spike. Yep. I know literally uh, one episode of him. Does not. <laughs> and I yeah. love him. I can't wait no, to see more. That's pretty spot on. Go um, with your instincts. Okay. They are I, correct. <laughs> um, I, so as the, I, I have him called in my notes, Weirdo Rodney. Anytime, I don't ever say just Rodney. I say Weirdo Rodney. I don't know why I started doing that. But as he's like scraping something off of the, somebody goes, somebody goes over and he growls at them. Yeah. And I, I thought, I thought it was great. I'm going to start growling at people because that's a great way to get people to leave you alone very yeah, quickly. Yeah. That just reminds me of our, our sweet, sweet friend, Tessa Seal, when she was growing up <laughs> and she used to make cat noises at people. I was about to say, it's like that weird girl in school who would hiss at people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, sorry, Tessa. <laughs> no, Tessa's fully aware of it and she pokes herself, she pokes fun at herself for that, but she did genuinely hiss at people. And, uh, but she would also, conversely, if you were being sweet and like rubbing her head, she would also purr at you. So, well, that's great. <laughs> you know. I know. And she is also a very smart, intelligent, well-spoken uh, medical researcher. So, like. Yeah, PhD Yeah, PhD like student. PhD. Like, yeah. yeah. So, it's a very funny picture of her. Oh, full circle. But also, indeed. she used to hiss at people. <laughs> um. So. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I audibly gasped at the mummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> she is jarring looking. <laughs> like, I know uh -huh. it's a mummy, but I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, super open. 
Yeah. I feel like today yeah. it would at, like maybe they would have it open, but it would be covered with like plexiglass or something like that. It's just like I mean, honestly, yeah. this whole episode is really the museum's fault. Yeah, come on, you should not be able to just like reach in there, especially after the tour guide is like blah 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 cursed object blah blah blah, and then they just like have it open. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions about yeah. security cameras or lack thereof, and just the ease with which various characters come back and grab things from That's a traveling a exhibit at all hours. <laughs> Like they had all hours, put things back together. Like, Like, did someone sell that footage of the mummy coming to life, like to the National Enquirer? Like, did somebody make a lot of money that day? Because yeah, they they have to have security cameras. I mean, clearly they're not great on security, but at least a couple. Yeah. And I was thinking too, when Rodney pulls the like disc out of from the mummy's hands, he can't get it in the first two seconds and literally just yanks it like a man and breaks it. (laughs) Right. It's just like, that is such a man thing to do. You know what? That's a good point. Cause I feel like a woman would have gone in like, you know, softly extricated the hands off of the, tried for 10 more seconds at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not weird. Yeah. And maybe not. Yeah. Because also the disc itself is probably really fragile. Clearly. Well, and that's exactly what he does. He immediately breaks it. (laughs) Yeah, cursed object? Sweet. Let me touch it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're at the point the tour guide has given the spiel about mummy, girl sacrificed. Willow is like, oh, I hope she gets a happy ending. She did not get a happy ending. They all walk off. Yeah, Weirdo Rodney comes back. (laughs) He tries to steal the thing, breaks it. And then mummy comes to life and sucks the life out of it. Second yeah. audible gasp for me when it opens, it's non-existent. Yes. I was just going to say. Ew, oh, those yeah. empty eye sockets. Oh, so I wrote in my notes in all caps, barf. <laughs> the missing eyes. Yeah. yeah. Unpleasant. Unpleasant. Big shivers. Yeah. So after that, we have the gang in the library. And Giles chooses when he's training with Buffy. She's literally punching. He's doing boxing kind of stuff. He's holding up a foam. What am I thinking about? A mat. Like a mat kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's when he chooses to tell her, no, she shouldn't go to the dance. (laughs) Giles, don't give her bad news while she is punching at you. That's just a bad plan. And then she kicks his ass. (laughs) And then I, I hope he regrets it. Um, right before this, they you get a shot of the school right before Buffy starts kicking his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big banner over the top of the school that says something about like the upcoming world culture dance. And Ali, you alluded to this in the summary. Yes. That I promise, I promise those types of events are always going to be a bad idea. Don't do it. Yeah. Unless, Don't so I had a it. note about this later, but I can say it now. It's if you came as your own culture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, different. Because mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. see where that would be interesting of like, oh, we're all sharing and you get to meet other people with their different cultures and stuff. So like if I came in like some traditional Russian regalia, that would be different. But when you can just like you pick Russian? a culture. You're I am. Like I super Russian. Mm-hmm. Oh, neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like potatoes. I will never get to visit the Wait, that's Irish. country of my, of my people. It, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. I would like to one day, maybe one day. Another tie-in actually to Princess Diaries in book one, they have a cultural diversity dance. Oh, no. (laughs) And it's like this, I guess the same premise, except I think they did it a little better where like 
the cultural clubs had like booths. Uh-huh. So it was like the Spanish yeah. club had a booth. So I feel like maybe that's less awful. <laughs> but oh, ab- absolutely. This was pretty cringe. <laughs> again, presenting your own culture right. for other people to experience. Yes, it's not like dress up as another ethnicity. <laughs> like, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Were you ever a Girl Scout? No, I wasn't much so of a we... joiner. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're friends with Nick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. We thought we isolate together. Oh, come on. If I had a penny for every time you said I hate people, come on. Yeah, that's well, the more interactions I have with people, the more that I'm right. That's fair. That's fair. But so, one thing that we, an event we used to have every year was called Thinking Day. And each troop would pick a country and you would make, you would like do some research and make, you know, a big trifold board about the country and you would make a, some kind of food item from the country and you would also make what we called swaps which were little pins or some kind of doodads that represent you know either the flag or you know their animal or something else and then everyone presented a you know skit or song or dance or something like that i feel like we were pretty respectful about it there were no it, again in research the 90s. went into it yeah yeah True. <laughs> but it was it was really fun and i always learned a lot and i mean yeah, I mean, yeah. well, you were learning. Hard to, hard about to say, it. like, I'd, and right, not, exactly. Like, just randomly dressing up as it for. But a I'd dance. have to, I'd have to go back and you know, third person see, like, okay, how did we actually do this? Were we absolutely conscious about it? Who knows? Well, let's not reevaluate anything like, too closely. Who needs self reflection? So Buffy is bartering with Giles, trying to go to this dance, and she goes, "Giles, come on, budge. No one likes a non budger." And as I was writing this, I wrote down that the two of you are non-budgers. Allie, we've talked about how you do not, when somebody's like, do it, you won't, you won't, you won't. You're oh, like, yeah, yeah, I won't. You're right. And then Jordan, 100%. one of the first times we went out together, it was St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I, that was the day we Paul met. Had, that was the day we met. And I I think that we were at that pizza place in Foddy Crap. What's it called? Woody's. And I have a distinct memory of us of us being like, come on, come on, one more, one more, let's go out, one more place, one more place. And you were like, I don't respond to peer pressure. No, I literally Love don't. It. I'm like Allie with that non-budger. <laughs> Do what I want. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, uh, what does she say? Buffy says something to Giles and like, oh, come on. And he's like, it's as if you know me. And I just love that little bit of sass. I think I feel like I'm going to get hate for saying this, but I feel like if Buffy were older, I would express that I feel sexual tension between them. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Hundo percent yeah. there is slash fiction online. Ooh, I haven't I read it, it but I can gar- <laughs> I can guarantee it exists. And Giles is hot. Yeah, he's a hobby. Out. I will check it out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah he's he's got that distinguished older man mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. He had wild days. I bet I bet he's pretty darn great. In the, in the bedroom, I bet. For sure. He's studied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. Speaking of sexual attention, um, there is dialogue here between Xander and Buffy. And I get the impression from Xander's from, from Xander here that he knows that Willow likes him. Oh, he definitely uh, knows. 100%. So... Yeah. He is not surprised when Buffy brings it up. And then Willow overhears the tail end of the conversation and just yeah. that poor girl. But I thought what Xander said was nice. Like, 
It, it was, was like a decent was. thing to overhear. Like it wasn't like, oh, I don't like her. She's an go. Like it was like, she's my best friend and I don't want to ruin that. Right. And it was, he didn't say anything wrong. Right. It just sucks to hear. Because yeah. I think up until now, Willow's definitely holding out hope that, you know, maybe he'll just open his eyes. Maybe he just needs to get some time to get over Buffy, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, he's just straight up like, that's not how I see her. And that's not wrong. It just sucks for sucks for Willow. And of course, that is nothing he would have. I, I like to think he would not have said something like that in front of Willow. Well, in a recent episode, y'all were talking about how he was being like, well, Nick, mostly you, I guess, we're talking about how he was being a piece of shit, like flaunting his disinterest in Willow. But I felt like here he was doing a really good job at making sure that she didn't get the wrong impression by like encouraging yeah. Buffy to come with them, making sure she didn't know it was or think it was like a date. So I felt like yeah. he was trying to do the right thing in his maybe like less than perfect Xander way. I do agree. Non-shitty move. Yeah. I, and it, that is that kind of thing is really important to be like, yes, let's make sure this is clearly a group thing. Yeah. Okay, so they realize Rodney is missing. Goddamn. <laughs> they they start joking about how, oh, maybe it was the mummy. Oh, maybe <laughs> yeah, mummy just joke. came back to life. And they're then then they're like, oh shit, that is not it's the craziest thing that's happened here. Finally, yeah. I loved that. Such a great, such a great yeah, moment. Right. Like how you y'all talked about that on the on the ventriloquist episode. How they're like, oh, did he come to life? <laughs> and I was about to be annoyed that they were doing that again, but they quickly were Absolutely. like, oh wait, maybe you could based on past experience. Yeah. <laughs> we're learning. Yes. We're learning. So they go back to the museum, mm-hmm. presumably after hours whatever suspending my disbelief they realize that the seal is broken and then um they're they're attacked by this dude who also attacked by a dude and then the 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 bodyguard looks in the tomb sees something that everybody else doesn't see quite yet runs away and then willow puts together that like Uh "Hmm, he has braces that's (laughs) Very strange. And just shout out to Willow for her braininess here. Mm-hmm. This is like something I think is like kind of corny or almost like a little bit sloppy is like at least one student dies every episode and it's treated very casually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and yeah. also too with the guy like popping up with his hatchet and then like disappearing. And they're like, quick, before he comes back, it like feels very like silly and theatrical. Where did he come from? Right. Yeah, where did where he did go? He go? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah, yeah. That's one of those moments that like to me reads as like kind of goofy. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a little, um, well, Scooby-Doo like. Yes, it's exactly Scooby-Doo like. It's an homage. Yeah. yeah. So I have a fun little factoid because it was bugging me. So I, I looked it up because Rodney looked familiar. And I was like, I feel like I've seen him before, maybe a little bit older. Rodney, a.k.a. Clayne Crawford, was the hot bad boy in A Walk to Remember. I thought you what? were going to say the other thing he is in, which what? is Twilight. <laughs> yes. I yes, he was died also when Twilight. I realized that because I was like, I know this guy from something. <laughs> Well, wait, are you talking about wait, the, I'm sorry. Body, the bodyguard? The yeah. bodyguard was in Twilight. Yes. No, that's like when he's known for his Twilight. And that I have a, that is Gil Birmingham. Oh, sorry. Who's playing an Incan in this, but is known for playing Native American characters. Right. Who were you talking um, about? I'm Billy sorry. Black in Twilight. I thought that was who uh, you were talking weird- about. <laughs> no, 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 no. Weirdo Rodney. Oh, Weirdo Rodney. My bad, my bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the kind of mean bad boy in a walk to remember. 
Yeah, get yourself a dude that can do it all. Mm-hmm. I it's definitely weird seeing him being a weirdo. Is one of the few movies that I have seen that's not Buffy, and I never would have put together that Weirdo Rodney was the same guy. I've and seen that interest- movie a lot. I didn't recognize him at all. <laughs> and then Nice Guard Man, okay, was in Twilight. Oh, I have Twilight. also seen mm-hmm. Twilight, but I'll have to. He's the guy in the wheelchair. Isn't he in a wheelchair? Yeah, he is. Yeah, a, he's, he's in a wheelchair in wheelchair. Twilight. He's like Jacob's yeah. dad or something. Yep. Yeah, he's ja- he's Jacob's dad, and he's uh, Bella's dad's best friend. Besties. Yeah. I, I don't think that is necessary for you to go back and watch the Twilight series. <laughs> Unless you, like, wanted to do, like, a drinking game about yeah, it or no, something. Yeah, you should go back but, and watch it for sure. Uh, and then watch it again <laughs> to make sure you didn't miss anything. Great. Um, <laughs> thanks for those conflicting messages, friends. So they are – I'm just going to keep moving us along. They're go back to the it. library. Okay. Um, they're wondering why Dude Man ran away. Giles somehow knows where – the mummy is from and i have to theorize here this is a connection to san francisco from our trip jordan maybe there was a plaque that depicted where she was from that he read it on the plaque (laughs) and jordan knows i'm insufferable in zoos and botanical gardens for (laughs) reading plaques all the way through maybe there was a plaque that's what i have to assume well the guy who the tour guide who said who said the big spiel specifically said she was incan so so Giles was listening on like us. Yeah. Dr- yeah. Or it was either. and it was very clearly like an Incan exhibit that they went into. Okay. Well, yeah. That's yeah. on you, Nickers. <laughs> Me fool. <laughs> so then Buffy realizes she forgot about Impata, who's the exchange guy student that she's supposed to be hosting. And Xander has a funny quote, I think. He says, where are your priorities? Tracking down a mummifying killer or making time for some Latin lover whose stock and freight is the breakage of hearts? <laughs> and then Giles, what I think is really funny here is Giles, as he's saying that, the camera pans to Giles, who's just giving him this look that's like, what? What are you saying? Giles definitely thinks Xander's an idiot. <laughs> and he would be correct. Yeah. Yeah. Poor poor Giles having to spend so much time with teenagers. Yeah. He must just internally grown so much. And he does give them a lot of shit. So there is that. Um, Buffy says, speaking about Impata, who she knows is South American, but doesn't know anything beyond that, says, right. maybe he could translate the seal. Which is all what? like symbols. <laughs> why would you assume yeah are you fluent what yeah that is a little it's one of those sort of racist things of like oh well oh yeah your date your last name is rodriguez you must know all other oh you're gay you must know this other gay person i know (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) like yeah you're from south america you know you must know about the incans yeah because south america isn't big at all Uh, i wrote down that umpata looks like this is another very Scooby-Doo thing. He literally, to me, looks like the car- cartoon character of an archaeologist. Like, if you were to draw a <laughs> sketch of, like, an archaeologist, it would be this it guy. He does. <laughs> That's true. He looks pretty nerdy. Yeah. For sure. But then we meet the mummy version of Ampata, and I just said she is objectively beautiful. The human, not the, the mummy version, the human version. <laughs> the mummy version yeah, is terrifying yeah. when she goes to suck out his soul by like kissing him. That was like my yep. third gasp of the episode. I would poop my pants. <laughs> it was yeah, really but gross. then she is stunning. You're right, Allie. She is stunning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think at this point, so Impata has sucked out the life of 
that well the actual impata and mm-hmm. uh, buffy's found them xander says yikes things yeah xander says some really like culturally insensitive yucky things <laughs> like yeah. especially after she is already responding and in clear english and definitely understands what buffy is saying and he's still like awkwardly talking loud and they still talk to her like she's stupid yeah she's right not stupid she yeah. understands um yep. yeah for some reason in this episode willow wears like every ugly hat she could find and i don't know why <laughs> like at, starting here in this scene when they go like to buffy's house and they offer him pot of milk or whatever she's wearing this fucking ugly hat and she wears like two more i don't know why i'm yeah. sorry I, I really latched onto it she wasn't doing herself any favors well i think i yeah i think that's maybe it's supposed to throw her in contrast yeah what a juxtaposition good point yes yeah well and then later she gets specifically noticed for her dorkiness which is I can't wait to talk about that part. Uh, but I love when they're they're in the kitchen and Buffy's, you know, offering her something to drink or whatever. And I think it's Xander who says, like, so you're a girl. <laughs> and Ampata goes, Yes, for many years now. <laughs> and I was like, she's got she's got a sense of humor. Look at her. <laughs> but then it does explain that she or she explains herself like I that while I've been listening and I've been, you know, she talks talks around like I've been traveling to Atlanta and San Francisco and New York. And you're like, ah, she was a traveling exhibit. Right. So she just listened to people talk all day. I was like, oh. And all the viewers are know exactly what she's talking about. And the characters do not. I love irony. So yeah, cute. Dramatic irony is so much fun. Um, Question. So she stays in Buffy's room. Was boy Umpada going to also stay in Buffy's room? Good question. Good question. Uh, just something Very I wondered. Very good question. I hadn't thought about just that. Just because, I mean, yeah. you know, I feel like even probably now, like, teenagers don't really do that. You don't typically, like, no. share the opposite. Especially gender. not with a stranger. Right, yeah. But yeah. they're just, like, she's just, like, on the cot in Buffy's room. I'm going to say Ooh. I'm gonna say that they put the cot, the cot in there when they realized it was a girl. I concur. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. Yeah. I will also concur. Group by consensus. <laughs> So if Xander is asking extremely offensive questions, like, or noting your English is very bueno, don't ever say that to somebody, by the way. <laughs> um, Buffy, uh, they're having a really nice conversation here. Buffy's uh-huh. like, what's it like at home? And they're talking. Uh-huh. And I, I know we'll get into it later, but this episode is so interesting because I feel real compassion here for Impata. She's, oh, yeah. She's saying, like, I just want to fit in just like you. I want a normal life. Uh-huh. and. And you really start to feel for her here. Absolutely. My heart totally went out to her a lot by the end of the episode, even though she's like technically the villain. Yeah, it's kind of a Thanos situation where it's like, yeah, you've got a point. You're you're right. But you also still can't kill people. Yeah, exactly. I, I, get, I totally get where too. she's I totally get where she's coming from. She's and it's absolutely unfair. Dealt a really shitty hand. Yeah, but I love when I love when um, so Ampata says to Buffy, just like you, a normal life. And I just wrote, "LOL, she's about as normal as you, hun." <laughs> yeah, yeah, good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. What does Buffy say? She, I wrote it down. Uh, no, I didn't write it down. Just kidding. Anyways, Buffy turns off the light. Dude, man is outside watching the guard from before. And at school the next day, it's the next scene. We have another instance where, to me, Cordelia 
fully looks like a teacher. I yes. thank you. Yes. From episode one, one, I was like, this woman is 30. Like, what is she doing in this high school? She looks so old. Yeah. I mean, in well, a good way. the way that she dresses is just like that really classy when she does the like sweater set and khakis. And I at, like, people, was that just like the style? I don't know. She definitely looks very mature when she dresses like that. But then she comes to the cultural dance in a Hawaiian bikini or whatever. And then she looks a lot younger. But Is the guy she's dating, the guy in the band, are they also students or are they adults? It wasn't clear to so, me. Oz is a student, the guitarist. Um, he also see... looks very old. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Is Seth Green a student? Oh, yes. get ready yeah, that's, for so more that's, of so that's Oz. Oz. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, he is a, he he is definitely a student because we see him on career day. Oh, uh, okay. Next next season. But um I think the lead singer is a student, but probably just not a great student. I was just wondering just if he like, was not like around a, a lot. full-fledged adult dating Cordelia cuz that that would seem like something that might happen. Yes, absolutely. Either situation could totally yeah. happen. At the very least, I would say he is an upperclassman. Yeah. I love Seth Green. I was so excited to see him. I love everything I've ever seen him in. He's amazing. I hope he doesn't disappoint me on Buffy. (laughs) He's on my list of celebrities I want to just be my best friend. Absolutely. I love I'm a huge Robot Chicken fan. I love him as Oz. You are not going to be disappointed. Excellent. And and he's just so cute throughout this episode. So I literally wrote, enter Oz, exclamation point. And then I did a little emoji face with like heart eyes. Aw. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) Oh, he is a cutie. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I have things to say about the dialogue between Devin and Oz, but I'm just going to skip it for now. We cut over to Willow and Xander. They're talking about, their costumes for the dance coming up i'm gonna again just gloss over the yikes that is that (laughs) whole premise but willow has on rainbow suspenders and i need to call it out oh my god i missed she does and a very ugly second hat (laughs) another another really bad hat yeah she's such a cute girl too like i feel like i hope she gets some zhuzh here soon because like it's lacking right now <laughs> yeah, I, I love uh, her. I have so much Nick, to say. In I was gonna say, Nick, what are we waiting for? Two more episodes? Oh my gosh! Two, two well, I have episodes. not seen past this episode. Two more. So, what is the title? What is the episode title? Halloween. Oh, Ooh, is she gonna dress slutty? I don't know. I can't wait. Well, let's see. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you like Oz too. That's more. Whatever. I've said yeah. too much. I've so said too I. Much. So. So Willow's face when, uh, so they're saying, you know, oh, someone should, yes, should stay with Empata for the whole day. And, and that's Xander's like, oh, yeah, I volunteer as tribute. And I just wrote, oh, Will, your time is coming. It is. Okay, so Buffy and Pata are there. J- uh, Xander is smitten. They go into the library. Giles is super excited to meet Pata. He asks her if she can translate the seal, which, again, I feel like we've already talked about how that's a big yikes. <laughs> But she, but also, she can. She can't. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Okay. Just because you were right doesn't mean that it's fair. Not any fair. less cringy. Um, True. <laughs> so uh, Buffy and and Willow and Giles are like, oh, we're part of the archaeology club. That's why we're Good researching save. Good this. Save. Yes. I loved yeah, that. So that was so funny. The club. Xander for now has an excuse to hang out with Impata one on one, which I'm sure he's just. Thrilled out. Is this I where they eat the says, twinkies? Sorry. 
Oh no! Well, as they're as they're walking to to go eat eat Twinkies, I love when Xander asks Sampata, "You're not a praying mantis, are you?" Yes, <laughs> oh, that made me so sad. Like this poor asshole can't catch a break. <laughs> that and that theme, unfortunately for him, uh, does does not end oh, anytime no. soon. <laughs> Wait, can I say something? Yeah. I'm sorry. I I ship Xander and Cordelia really hard, and. I feel like every time I say that, Nick, like, eye rolls me. But they're just the perfect trope. Like, the cool girl who doesn't want anyone to know she's dating this nerd. Yeah. Well, and I always, I am such a sucker for that. The bad boy who has a softer side. Or, like, the guy who's, like, too cool for school. Yeah. I I, I grew up loving Grease. So, like, that just says everything about you need to know about me. (laughs) But I I very much love that that ship as well. Thank you for your validation. Because it also... (laughs) She's she's she keeps going for guys like Devin, who while he is hot, clearly he's nothing between the ears. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> forty five. Well, yeah, that too. Uh, but she has she Cordelia has proven time and time again that she is very smart. Yeah, so that's just, what I was like, gonna say. Us, yeah. the audience just keeps going. Oh, come on, hon! Like, yeah. oh, you can do better. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail. I just wanted to put that out there in case anyone wants to send me their fan fiction. I appreciate that call for fan fiction, Jordan, and pass it along my way when you receive it. Oh, I will. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the this is the question for Allie and, and Jordan, the, my first one of the episode. So they're on the bleachers, and Xander induces introduces Ampada to ew. Don't don't make it weird, Allie. Whatever he brings out a Twinkie, mm-hmm. and he says like this is class right here. Personally, I am not the biggest fan of Twinkies. My okay. question to y'all is if if you were introducing somebody to a quintessential American snack food, those those sorts of packaged mm-hmm. snacks okay. like a Twinkie is, what what would it be? What's your favorite? It has to be a snack food. It has to be along the same lines as a as a Twinkie. Maybe like Pringles or something. Ooh, I'm trying to think. Twinkie, I feel like salty. is a more obvious answer. I do find them delicious. Yeah. Allie, I think I know what your answer is. And I, oh God, I almost want to like text it now so I can verify whatever. I have it in my head. Okay. I think you that I know it, what your favorite is. Say it on, is. on three. If, so we're talking about like packaged snacky foods. Yep. Sweet things. Yep. Okay. We'll say it on three. One, two, three. Oatmeal, oatmeal cream, cream pies. pies. <laughs> yeah. uh, Those are very good. I like those. They so. are good. You probably remember because that was my thing in, in middle school at snack time. They had oatmeal cream pies for like 50 cents. So you're it. You would eat it around the edge and save the center. Oh, that's, that's a good call. That's the best part. So you're thinking in like the little Debbie sphere. I was like thinking, I was thinking bigger. No, <laughs> you're right. In my yeah. head, I was assuming little Debbie. But yeah. Pringles, that, that's a good I, I don't know. Pringles good, is a good solid one. I was going to say right like McDonald's cheeseburger, but then you specified snack. And I was like, yeah, okay. if we were going for like quintessential American, I think like not constricting ourselves to like little Debbie type products. I McDonald's is a good one. Basically, any kind of fast food is a good one. Mm-hmm. My head actually went to pizza rolls. Oh, Totino's. Oh, Shout out. Yeah. I was going to say, sponsor us, drown um, me in your rolls. But, like, I why does he, why does Xander think it's a good idea to shove the whole Twinkie in his mouth? 
Is that supposed to be? He even hot? says that as like this is the way that it's eaten. Like I, you can choke. I don't know. And then she does so it too. And they're like yeah. they're like loving it. And I'm like, is this some kind of it's weird kink? Very cute. <laughs> it's very cute that she's like totally picking up on everything he's dropping down. But like this, I guess, also goes to the cluelessness of Xander. Yeah. That, like you're always talking talking about how like woe is me, girls don't like me, and then you shove a whole Twinkie in your mouth the first time you're hanging out with this gorgeous yeah. girl. That come on, she very no much one's like, that stupid reciprocates his vibe though. Like she's yes. on the same level. Oh, she passed level. the vibe check, hundred percent. She is totally right for him. If only she were a normal human girl. But, but is that because she's? 500 years starved for attention is she like i would no because every time he does something goofy she really likes it and finds him funny i guess yeah yeah, i think she's i think she's genuinely i I think we should give xander this one i think she she is genuinely charmed by him by does and i mean think how many men have passed her by in the museum she's obviously been listening yeah that's true yeah that's true i did not verify my dog is groaning in the background i'm apologize I read a fun <laughs> fact while doing research for this episode that the actors had to eat many, many, many Twinkies during the course of shooting this episode, and that idea is, is funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, that probably wouldn't feel good by the end. Probably be put off True Twinkies out. for a while. That is the thought that I had of, like, also, why would you make that choice to do it for practical reasons? Because yeah, what if you have to do another take? And what if they're like, okay, you're mush mouthed too much. Now we have to do it again. Right. Gross. That's a lot. Because I enjoy a Twinkie. It's not my go-to. It's not what I've always like had around me. But like, I, yeah, five takes, even four takes in, you know, that's that's a lot. It's four Twinkies. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a lot of Twinkies. That's know. why often, yeah. and I think this is so, much, so gross, but often when filming food scenes, actors have a spit bucket. So that they're not actually eating. Yeah, it's pretty what gross. They're like supposed to be chewing. Oh, I hate that. It's I hate real, everything about that. Real gross. Yeah, I guess it's better than having to actually a really eat full Twinkies. stomach and yeah. having to right or having to eat however many of whatever you're eating. But ugh, that sounds so gross. Yikes. Okay, so um, dude man interrupts them. Oh no 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 sorry 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 not yet not yet not yet. I think he does interrupt them, doesn't he? Doesn't he jump up? Uh, and I was like, how did he get there? <laughs> we have a brief cut <laughs> magic, out. Magic. Magic. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, he just oh, yeah, pops G- up like wherever. Giles figures out that the mummy sucks lives out of people or whatever. And then mm-hmm. and then he pops up, right? They have this moment in the library. Buffy and Willow are like Buffy asks Willow a question and she's like clearly distracted. And Buffy goes, she's only here for two weeks. Like she's. Mm-hmm. And then, right. and then she has this line. She says, and then Xander can find someone else to obsess about. At least with you, I knew he didn't have a shot. Aww. Which I don't, which is like heartbreaking. And then she has this quote that I do like. She says, I have a choice. I can spend my life waiting for Xander to go out with every other girl in the world until he notices me. Or I can just get on with my life. Mm-hmm. And she says, I didn't choose yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think a lot of that when Buffy's like, yeah, at a girl. And she's like, well, I didn't choose yet. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> But I thought that was an interesting point that the whole beginning of the episode, Xander's like, yeah, who is this guy? Who's this guy that's going to be staying with you? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are we all forgetting about Angel? What what possible exchange student could come into her life that she's just going to forget about the guy that she's been totally mooning over? This episode gets points off for no Angel or Spike. 
I have Fair. in the trivia <laughs> at the end of this, Jordan, I am sorry that you are such a, Jordan has sexed me about how she's a Jordan fan. And I gave her the guest episode. The first episode, I looked back, the first episode in five episodes without any angel. So thank you That's for okay. It. I just like, I'm so, Ali, you mentioned this on a previous episode of being all about the romance plot. Mm-hmm. I'm such a sucker for that. If there's not like a love story, I'm not that interested. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, okay, Xander and Ampata, sure, but like, I don't really care. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely with you there. Everybody's like. Whenever books are about like self discovery and stuff, I'm like, how about you discover some dick? Yeah, same. <laughs> Boo, don't care. <laughs> Where's the sex? <laughs> how about some lip action? Yeah, <laughs> agreed. You get a little bit of lip action in this one, but, but it's a little bit gross, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's really like... close up, which must have been so yes. awkward to shoot. That's so oh, can't even Barf. imagine that. I hope kind they were using a zoom lens Not the instead best. of actual yeah. proximity. So dude man attacks them. He sees Impata. He gets spooked and he he gets distracted and punched, which is like not super good body good choice. Anyways, they're um, back in the library. Impata's like, destroy the seal. Just do it. It's going to bring danger. And then outside, Impata again says, I just want a normal life. It's talking about how she like doesn't want to be pursued by this continued danger. And then there's another really nice moment from Willow here. Um, she goes up to Xander and she says, yeah, you should take her to the dance. Mm-hmm. Just you. Aww. It's like, oh, Willow, you're such a sweetheart. I really she love is. that they tell her, they're like, we're not an archaeology club. We're in crime club <laughs> to try to cover up why the guy is like attacking them or whatever. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> it made me laugh. Yeah. Well, and it's, it is weird for them to be like very invested in this yeah. death and trying to solve this thing. So, I mean, I don't know how convincing of a cover-up it was, but it was... I just thought it was so funny. They're like, actually, it's not an archaeology club. It's a club for crime. (laughs) And she's like, oh. Oh, For sure. That sounds real. Sure. (laughs) So this is another question I have about this mysterious bodyguard prisoner person who... No, not prisoner. Impata's prisoner. Uh Imprisoning agent, whatever. Uh, Xander and Impala are talking and she goes into the bathroom and he's just there. He like, like rises he's up magic. and appears. He's magic. Oh. He's part of it's the not... curse. He's not no, like, but it, he hasn't been sitting a... there physical form for hundreds of years. I thought it might have he been He was like awakened a... when the curse was awakened. I thought it might have been like, like a passed down burden job i don't think so no because like he's not in modern clothes clothes. i agree with ali i think he's part of the curse Mm -hmm. but it was still goofy when he's just like standing there in the background of the bathroom like in the mirror (laughs) lurking creep interesting he's part of the curse i like that and because fucking weirdo rodney broke the thing that and she got out that like awakened him or whatever yeah i think it was a package deal Mm -hmm. concurred okay I'm there. Yeah. You all have gotten me there. Yeah, well yeah. done. Think the think the Thanksgiving episode. Oh, I love holiday episodes. Oh, God. You're going to love that episode. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> something to look forward to. So Yikes. we're at Buffy's house. Uh, well, actually, first I have, she's doing, she's in the mirror before she gets attacked by a bodyguard dude. And she reapplies like a lip color. Mm. And I just have, uh, what did I say? Oh, ugh, the 90s nude lip look. 
not about it. <laughs> I also noted Buffy's extremely thin eyebrows, which were a very 90s look, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, she- that's going to be a social media post. <laughs> yeah. Thin eyebrows, nude lip. Yeah. But social then media later, post, look out. But then later, she, after she uh, sucks the life force from the dude, she comes out and she has a really dark lip. And I was like, that was that her? Is that her like refreshed? You know, like her skin's glowing, her lips are darker. I don't, I don't know. Remnants of Because it's like soul. she just deliberately applied a light color. She comes out, it's like dark plum, which is a way better color. There's lipstick in continuity because she also tells Buffy that she doesn't have a lipstick and right. asks her for one <laughs> when she just put on lipstick, but that's okay. Right. Maybe she'd stolen that one and now she's like asking for one. I don't know. I don't oh, know. But also, yeah, the- also, where did she get any of her clothes? Yeah, good point. True. I mean, maybe good I point. guess she was, well, she kind of dresses in like jeans and a t-shirt. So like maybe that was the real Empadas. Maybe. Or Buffy's. But then she also has this gorgeous dress. Buffy's. Yeah. Or, yeah, or Buffy's. Yeah, but the dress. She, and where I'm like, where did she get, did she get this outfit? She's like, I have to yeah. borrow lipstick, but I, but it's okay because I found this outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I need Weird. lipstick, but I have clothes. <laughs> but what, what would I give for a week with those fluffy, loose curls? Her body is banging. Like, she that is too. so hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just like her, her like half up do and mm-hmm. it's all flowy and uh, yeah, she looks great. Mm. Stunning, stunning lady. We love it. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, So she kills the guard. She accepts Xander's invite to the dance. Back at the house in the next scene, um, uh, Buffy is like, oh, they the the bus station called. They dropped off your stuff. I'll unpack it. And Pata gets weird about her okay. unpacking, and she gets weird because oh, that's right. So she must a... have been borrowing stuff from Buffy because her her bags weren't even there yet. Right, and her anyway. bags are full of men's clothes, <laughs> right? And bodies, which Buffy sees. But I would be weird about. She's weird because there's a dead body in her stuff. Right. I would be weird. Don't touch my. Don't stuff. unpack my stuff. Why would Don't you do that? Stuff. I always think that on Below Deck when they have the people unpack for them. I know they're just rich I assholes. I thought about that. I thought about Below Deck. <laughs> but yeah. like who wants yeah. other people to unpack for you? I don't. That is a thing. But I would never offer that for a house guest. Yeah. I, I, would, I would never offer that. I agree. It's weird. It's like, Nick, if you came to visit me and I was like, I'll unpack for you. <laughs> like, who the fuck does that? But it's um, nice. Yeah. She's just trying to I be hospitable. that I lay my stuff out. Yeah, true, true. Good host points to Buffy. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So, but she doesn't see the mummy in the suitcase, right? It's like a quick... Not yet. Yeah, not yet. She sees it later when she comes back with Giles. But so she goes downstairs and Xander comes in and he's in the like poncho and stuff and dressed. where are you from? The country of white trash. I thought that was so rude. I thought she looked really cute. I remember thinking... That was I was like, she looks savage. And then he said that and I was like, oh... (laughs) jerk my jaw dropped yeah xander ouch you can't oh, i thought it was funny. Oh. oh i did think it was funny, it I was funny. It was if you said that oh. to me when i actually think you were insulting my outfit come on yeah true what They're did friends. i call you today i texted you today you me? y'all on. must be meaner to each other if nick says something nice to me <laughs> I, it kind of feels like something's wrong or i'm like oh, i called Ali a dumb my... bitch and yeah. texted you <laughs> that's nice <laughs> Allie, I love you. It's only because I love you. Here's the thing I think oh, is weird. 
Why doesn't Buffy's mom think it's weird that the fucking librarian keeps like showing up to hang out with Buffy? <laughs> <laughs> like they haven't really explained that away. And like in the they last really episode, haven't. I'm sure y'all talked about this, where like Buffy fought off the gang and her mom was like, you're a cool chick. Like <laughs> it's just kind of it's like they have to get to a point soon where like Buffy's mom finds out because at this point it's like too much. In my opinion. Yeah, there's definitely stuff that just glosses over. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping she finds yeah. out soon because at this point I find her irresponsible. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. That's fair. Yeah, our Ali and I have discussed how our views on Joyce Summers have evolved over the years. That's an interesting point. Nick and tends to be very anything. critical of Joyce, and I have always thought she is number one mom. So I feel like she's trying but like at this point she's hanging out with the librarian too much you need to know why yeah. you know yeah and in the evening yeah at night by themselves yeah. <laughs> no, it's not that's, great like it's it? fair it's great. yeah and the yeah the episode three stuff was just why is your daughter all of a sudden leading this like anti-gang revolution like isn't this weird to you joyce like <laughs> right it would definitely be surprising i mean i do think i would give them f- points for like stepping up but yeah. I would be like, what the... the but at a certain point, fr- we need to talk yeah. about, like, how she had the confidence to do that. Some yeah, I'd be surprised, for do. sure. What a weird. What a weird. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready for yeah. Joyce to dig a little deeper. But I think... I do think Joyce also knows that she at least used to get in fights. So True. maybe she assumes that Buffy has some fight experience, but I don't know. I'm going to be so interested to hear what you think about our episode, our our commentary on episode Three, Jordan, you haven't. I look forward to hearing it. That was my favorite episode so far. Ooh. I really enjoyed it because it's, it's a great episode. It's a it was really very good. One. good. Oh yeah. yeah, it's so good. So then I also have a get Buffy the hell away from my. Daughter. Buffy says to says to Xander, "You look good, Psh, girl. He always looks good. Shut up. <laughs> he does look good despite his cultural uh, insensitivity. He looks nice. Yeah, yeah, he is <laughs> yeah. looking really good. Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, they have a funny exchange, too, where um, he's, like, speechless when Empata oh, yeah. comes down, and he speaks, like, gibberish, uh-huh. and then and then Buffy's like, that's man speak for you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, or something, yeah. and then and then he says something else in gibberish, and she goes, you're welcome. I love that. Yeah, that, that was, was a very cute friend moment. Okay, so we're at the dance. Um, Dingo's, Oz- our first time meeting Dingo's Ate My Baby. Is that a recurring thing? I thought that band name was hilarious. I mean, it's yes, not. It's it insensitive, is. but it was funny <laughs> I, Like that that was I, I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's supposed to reference... Never mind. I looked up trivia about it. I think it's supposed to reference the Nabbit. But, it, but, it definitely but is. It's supposed to reference that lady whose baby was killed by dingoes and she went to prison yeah, for the murder okay. of it. The yeah. baby. So yeah. It's I really did f- not know that. I did not know that. Y'all are was like, like a, a little nice maybe thing. young for that. Like I, yeah. re- I sort of remember it being news. Yeah. Long story okay. short, her baby was murdered by dingoes and the police said she oh. killed her and she went to prison for like years for it. And was eventually because exonerated. no one believed that her, that she was really because no one believed her that her baby was eaten by dangos. It was like a satanic panic kind of thing. Like the society uh, was convinced that she had done some kind of weird ritual. What? There's a really interesting podcast called You're Wrong About, and they did an episode on this. And they did Ooh. she what? I don't think she was even exonerated until her baby's coat was found in like a dingo cave years <gasps> later. Oh, Sorry. No. So That's maybe awful. like the band name isn't great. It was like a joke in the 90s. Like, there's an episode of Seinfeld about it, and it's really insensitive. <laughs> well, it's a contemporary 
it's a contemporary Mass incarceration in America. God damn so, it. But it's also, it's darkly funny. It is, I mean, it's still funny. It's a it, cult, As long it's as like it's not your baby. It's a reference. It's right. cute. We love Seth Like That is wild. If dingoes ate your baby, like that's. That's wild. I, I I think it's still a funny name, but I'm <laughs> well. The <laughs> still funny. I have here. <laughs> I'm also a fan um, of like South Park and Archer and stuff, so I don't have the uh, cleanest of we love sense a dark of humor. Joke. <laughs> yeah. Devin is sexy. Yes, that's yes. that's. I kept getting the song stuck in my that. head every. I watched this episode three times, and every time afterwards, I would get the oh true. Mister <laughs> like so annoying. <laughs> Do we know what band it actually is covering it? I do not. Is that, are they a real I surmise, band? I surmise that it is. A lot a, of times it is. I believe yeah. that it is a real band and that Seth Green is just like an extraneous member of the band. Yeah, he's not but... strumming the right things. Yeah, well, it's I for mean, sure. It, it looks like he's playing. I believe that he's yeah, playing. I believe it. Pretty clearly at one point. Okay, <laughs> who knows? As someone who doesn't play have... guitar, it looked like he was playing guitar. <laughs> well, as a guitar expert, just kidding. I don't know the first thing about guitars at all. Um, Oz has painted nails. Are painted nails for dudes coming back? And can I paint my nails? A, yes. B, it was a counterculture type thing at the time. It was like grunge. So it's not like everyone was. Yeah, it was him being grunge and being like the cool musician dude. Uh, but yeah, you could totally paint your nails. That's definitely a thing now. Second. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Look out, folks. The non-binary gender roles refuting kind of thing. Hmm, interesting. Well, go for look it, out, folks. Get a manicure. Pretty it's soon. Delightful. Post a pic. So I have this awful quote from from uh, Cordelia that. So she says she's talking about the exchange student Sven, who is not the like Swedish hottie that she was hoping for, and she says he's like one of those dogs you leave at the Grand Canyon oh and it follows you back across four states. <laughs> That's oddly specific, oh, Cordelia. Oh, I loved That's this. So like, specific. Oh, I loved this little B plot of like at the beginning, she's talking about, I can't wait for my like Swedish hottie to show up. And then like mm-hmm. she thinks he's a total dud. And then when you actually see them at the dance, he like thinks she's the dud. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I thought that was great. Yeah. He he found his own audience. Yeah. Cool. Like he found his crew. Uh, yeah, and he like she's hating on him this entire time for not speaking English, and yeah. it. Tri- sorry, sorry, sorry. In the scene with Devin, she says not speaking American, yeah. <laughs> and then it turns out he speaks, speaks just fine, completely fluent English. Yep. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, I, I do love that B plot. Yeah, there. Cordelia adding a Y to words doesn't make them easier to understand. <laughs> yeah, she's like, go get me drinky. <laughs> she's yeah, like so punchy. Nice. Yeah. Like, no. So rude. Oh, that is an oddly specific thing. You're so right. Yeah. Why do you know that dogs travel four states? I don't want to know. I think Cordelia, that, I want to like I you. think it's pretty clear how she knows, yeah, Nick. That's how they got their dog. <laughs> Listen, can we move on, please? Let's talk about how adorable Willow is. Although, what were you thinking? Adorably culturally appropriated. But like, well, yeah, that, that. But also, yeah, when Empata yeah. comes in and looks drop dead gorgeous, she, you know, she says to herself, like, oh, maybe I should have dressed sexier. Hun, you think? <laughs> sexier? Right. Like, <laughs> the limit does what not did she, exist. What was she thinking was the tone her outfit was giving off when she chose that one? Come on, hun. Like, 
just as we can't believe how clueless uh, Xander is, come on, Willow, come on. Yeah. Uh, it's a little rough. When, sorry if I'm jumping ahead, please stop me. I was just going to say when Seth Green's like, who's that? And the guy thinks she's talking about him. him he's talking about Impot, and he's like, no, the Eskimo, which sidebar I'm pretty sure is a slur. But and she, he's talking about Willow. I literally out loud was like, oh, oh my God. God. Like, I loved that moment. That is, like, every romance-obsessed girl's fantasy. Yes. The hot guy who, across a crowded room, goes, her. Yes, it was. And you're like, yes. I I, and I also just had a note, Seth Green appreciation post. Absolutely. And I, I will ne- there's never too many times that we can say how much we love him because he's great. So cute. Look out for a Seth Green appreciation post near you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Friends on social media one day soon. And fun fact about Devin, a.k.a. Jason Hall, he was a writer and executive producer on the movie American Sniper. Interesting. Wow. Random. Kind of random, but I guess maybe he has a connection to... The armed forces because he also the most recent thing that he was like in and was involved in i think he maybe also directed it is another military soldier movie thing boy movies pass <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did i did see american sniper but it was online because it was on a date with my now ex yeah so. i think same <laughs> yeah i, I mean, watched there's it. only so much bradley cooper can save a movie wait yeah i think i my God! Did you see it Did on I a watch date? that with the next two? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was a group date thing, and I don't know. I, it was not my pick for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I, was like, I guess if it's what the group wants. Yeah, we can only do so many hours of just explosions. Yeah, and I like boy movies. Testosterone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy movies. It wasn't even fun action. It was all like emotional. Anyway. Yeah, it was depressing. I feel like I remember. It was. It was super depressing. Yeah. It was all about like soldiers with PTSD and shit. Like, woof. That was yeah. not date material. Um, but speaking of more fun trivia, in the next, and again, stop me if I'm jumping ahead. So Mpata, they're slow dancing. They're having a moment. They're about to kiss. And she sees her hand is going back to mummy. And she's like, ooh. But she's trying not to kill Xander. So she finds some other hapless person. And this is our first introduction to Jonathan. Wait, does oh, he come back? Yes. Oh, oh yes John he does he, he's like a huge character on Gilmore Girls yes so Danny <laughs> oh, that's funny so Danny Strong he's a huge character on Gilmore Girls but more importantly Danny Strong is now a big time writer and producer he is a two time Emmy winner and he worked what? on such successful things as Dope Sick you might have heard of it Boardwalk Empire <clears throat> and Billions and legit. Um, Lee Daniels the butler He like I know so like Lee Daniels got like the big writing credit, but Danny Strong was also a writer on that, and he's been nominated for lots of things. He's won other awards that weren't like Emmys, Academy Awards, blah blah blah. And Dope Sick was just recognized at some award show like the other day. I just saw it on Danny Strong's Instagram today. It was just won a whole bunch of awards at Critics Choice Awards, I think. So yeah, he is he is big time. When you look up people like, oh, where are they now? He is killing it he's just not i think what i hear you uh saying is that um he's uh gone on to things that we never would have believed were possible at first and that idea around this character that 
Man, I see. I see what you're putting you out. Yes, couldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah he yeah. really went on Jordan a journey. I'm excited. He's not. I'm excited. He's not just a, a small character in this episode because I love him. He, he will always, not. to me, be Doyle from Gilmore Girls. But right, I'm thrilled. That's how, and that's how my sister sees him. My yeah. sister Asha is a big Gilmore Girls fan, and. I'm trying to remember which she saw first, whether it was Buffy or Gilmore Girls. It's probably neck and neck. Yeah. But so she definitely got a lot of Doyle. I'm thrilled to see more of him. I'm glad she doesn't kill him. (laughs) If you know him as Doyle, he's a very different character in this, which is cool to see from appreciating an actor's abilities standpoint. I like that he tries to be like a good guy for one second. He's like, wait, aren't (laughs) you with Xander? And she's basically like, fuck Xander. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's like, I'm not going to Yeah, I can't really blame him. It's not his job to keep her faithful to her person. That's her bag. Yeah. So at this point, um, they they've realized that Impata is the the mummy culprit. Is the mummy? Um, she goes to kiss him, and um, I think she's struggling with the choice. Mm -hmm. She could have like she dispatched the guard really easily. She chooses not to wait for a second on him and I think that's telling it does seem like it's uh, like it is under her control there is it does seem to be a moment where she does decide to like okay now I am actively sucking life force so it seems like technically if she had had self-control she could have just kissed and not tried to to kill him but you know yeah Xander interrupts them and they're having this dialogue and I think it's really sweet Mm -hmm. the how how Xander is being because because he's just like what what's up like mm-hmm. what's wrong like he has no idea and she's clearly struggling with this weight of like I'm gonna have to like kill people I don't really belong in this world I don't like and and she says I'm very happy and very sad and he says then talk to me let me know what's wrong mm-hmm. and I just think it's such a sweet dialogue and I will hate on Xander all day long because damn does he deserve it a lot of times <laughs> but this time, this is really sweet. He handles and this it is really just, well. Yeah, wonderful dialogue. I also really identify with, I'm very happy and I'm very sad. I mean, haven't we all felt that? Sure. <laughs> I feel like that's, it's a superhuman thing to be, have multiple feelings all at once. Yeah. And she probably hasn't had feelings much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Other like just boredom. lying there frozen. Yeah, she's been a passive observer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Xander... In this moment, Xander seems like he might be a good boyfriend. Yeah. Um, I've always thought the lighting in the scene was interesting. Um, the way Where there's like a yellow they? light behind like a screen. Yeah, it looks like it's they're a like in sunset, behind a stage curtain like, or something. Yeah, it looks like I don't understand. It must be like a supply room. Yeah, it's like somewhere. I agree about the lighting though, and this close-ups of them kissing makes me want to die. I hate watching yeah, people kiss close yeah. up. Gross. So gnarly. Mm-hmm. So we move. So they get away, and Willow knocking over the cheese tower. (laughs) (laughs) When Buffy comes in, she's like, "We have to find Xander. We have to find Impata. Impata's the mummy." And she, but like just after she knocked over the cheese tower because she can't with her mittens. (laughs) Uh, And right before that, she goes, "Oh, good." (laughs) (laughs) You're happy she's evil. Not really evil, but you're happy she's like. Is she evil? We'll talk about it. Here's the thing, though. Why? So th- she doesn't suck out Xander's life. Well, a little bit yeah. she does, right? And then and then yeah. she changes her mind. But then why do Buffy and Willow take him with them to the museum? 
Like, he's dead weight at that point. You should just leave him to rest and go find the mummy. Oh, they just drag him with true. them. I hadn't yeah. thought of and that. And of course, it's yeah. so he can save the day later. But realistically, why would uh-huh. you do that? I, I did have that thought, too. Maybe so that they could keep an eye on him. Maybe he demanded it. Maybe well, he they was cut like, that maybe scene. they did say. <laughs> yeah, it, they did. I just felt yeah. like it was weird. I was like, no, 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 he's okay. Just you guys go. <laughs> I guess I, I just have to think that they like maybe they wanted to keep an eye on him because no one else knows what he what was going yeah, on. Yeah, he had like ten percent of his soul removed. Yeah, so maybe I think the bigger thing that we have to suspend our disbelief about here is just the the back and forth between get... the museum and the <laughs> yeah. bronze. They get like, are they quick. taking a bus? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting there in the, like Giles's piece of shit yeah. car. They're that all was my next, That into was my it. next note. <laughs> Because I was trying to think through, I was like, okay, well, maybe Buffy took Giles' car, and then maybe, or, like, maybe she super runs, but then, like, maybe they take Xander's car back, because he says that he's got a car for the night, for the dance. Hmm. They probably took Xander's car. Yeah, but Might then how did she get hole. there? Might just be yeah. a plot yeah, Might just yeah, be. it's more likely. It's, it's well, magic. she has super strength. <laughs> she can, maybe she can run, too. Who knows? Carrying all of them. Because they meet yeah. Giles at the museum, mm. right? The three of them right. leave yeah. the dance yeah, yeah, yeah. near the museum. Yeah. Okay. No, but Buffy, Buffy super runs. Xander can drive when he has his mom's car, we learn. Yeah. Maybe Xander drove so Willow. Cool. Maybe Impato also super. Maybe this is just messy. <laughs> it's just messy. You know? Maybe it's just There are a some things episode. we don't think about, and that's one of them. Yeah. Sunnydale's super small. It's a small town. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I found very yeah. silly, which I know is part of Buffy's character, so I always think it's very silly when she does these like massive jumps. <laughs> when mm-hmm. she jumps like 40 yeah. feet and then it's usually accompanied <laughs> yeah. by like a whooshing noise. I'm always like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is an audible whoosh when she jumps up to yeah. the thing, up to the like platform where Impata and Giles are. Yeah. So we have a very noble Xander moment. Very nice. He steps in front of Willow. He says, if you're going to kill somebody, Kill me. Uh, wow. Yeah. I don't, I'd like to think I would do that for my friend. Can't, can't really say if I would, but. Uh... Both of you, why did you both just shake your heads? I, I was about to nod emphatically. Are you kidding You're me? You're a better are person than we me? are, apparently. Two of my dearest friends just told me that they would not. How? Oh I would my kill God. for you. Hundo P, would I die for you? Become you've made that distinction before. A yes, I, have. I don't appreciate it then. I don't appreciate it now. You know what? All right, fine. I'm not becoming a mummy for either of you. Just kidding. I still will. It's nice. Well, it's just you're just a Hufflepuff, Thanks. and that's just the way it is. It's all Never. of the mummy like makeup, props, whatever is very good. I think, yeah. and when when. She starts to like suck out Xander's soul again, I guess. And Buffy like rips her off and her arms just come Arm off. Stay. And there's like tendons coming out. It's like so cringe. Ick. <laughs> Ick. Unnecessary. I mean, didn't need it's it. Like, but it's so good. Nah, because that was totally this show cool. Is like gory sometimes. And that was like yeah. a type of gore we haven't seen much of. Mm-hmm. Mummy gore. I yeah, it. it was gross in the best way for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I hated it, but I'm glad you both liked it. Well, I wouldn't love it if it happened to me. <laughs> I liked watching it through a television screen. Well, you don't have to worry about it happening to you because you've already said you won't become a mummy. It's of no concern. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd save you before I would have to die for you. 
great. That's really admirable. Well, I like that Buffy's. Uh, well, uh, well, Xander sacrificed himself for Willow. It's yeah, it was nice. Points His for love Xander. is deeper than a romantic love. Yes. I think it's a little bullshit, but we do see Xander <laughs> rise to the occasion many times when he says, "If they hurt Willow, I'll kill you." Mm-hmm. If they, mm-hmm. he does have this delightful urge to protect Willow that I appreciate. Yeah, I think honestly, I think if he could wave a wand and be in love with Willow, I think he would. Agreed. But you just you can't. It's like that's all. I can't make you love me if you won't. Agreed. He, he would if he could. I really loved the conversation between Buffy and Xander at the very end when she says you he says you gave up your life and she said I had you to bring me back I loved that moment one of my favorite last moments that I've seen so far I thought it was really nice it was it was very sweet I I did love that conversation not so much for that reason Jordan but I'm curious to hear more about it I loved the nuance that they're adding to Empata here where they're like like it's not super straightforward if she is all that evil she was a like, complex she... monster yeah yeah buffy's like yeah. expressing a lot of sympathy and like they have sort of like a parallel like a kinship in their sacrifice and i thought that Absolutely. i thought that was really nice that buffy like had sympathy for her and i mean i agree yeah um can somebody help me relate to this point about the this last line buffy says feels meaningful to me but i don't know that i quite get it when when she says jordan like you said like i didn't have you to bring me back or something that felt like it was strange like is she saying that empata just didn't have nice enough or, yeah, or sort is this of, just a way sort of, to... she's saying like we were in similar situations like buffy died too but she had her support she had someone like xander and clearly empata didn't have anybody she was alone and buffy has her scooby gang yeah, she was surrounded by people who were just like, yep, cool, sacrifice the princess. It feels to me, and I'm only 16 episodes into the show, but I feel a lot of similar similar themes with like, it feels like a lot of similar themes with Harry Potter with like the power of friendship mm-hmm. and like friendship love yeah. and how that is a really strong, really like the crux of your strength. Um, yeah. Like how Buffy was really fucking up before she came to Sunnydale and found this group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels mm-hmm. similar to me. And that's kind of what she's expressing here. Yeah, I think so. And I I think I brought this up an episode or so ago that really what does set her apart. Yes, Buffy is amazing and she has her own. She's smart. She's capable. She's strong. All these things. But I do think what sets her apart from previous Slayers is her support system. Because... Mm-hmm. It really doesn't seem like the others had friends. And it seems like they weren't allowed to, like how this yeah. the slayerness is like veiled in mm-hmm. secrecy. Oh, Jordan, yeah. just wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> am I am I like No, you're fine. Things? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But this idea of like a slayer being like isolated. Oh, okay. And, yeah, well that's um, the impression yeah, I've yeah, gotten yeah, how yeah. it was like they yeah. Willow and Xander only found out because they like overheard in the right, library right. and now she has this support system that she might not otherwise be permitted to have 100 percent, yeah like if, if giles had had his druthers no one else would know and it is but we see several times that like in the season one finale you know she's fighting the vamps while giles and willow and xander are getting the people to safety and same thing happens even like the 
first episode with the harvest that's how or the second episode i guess with the harvest how they you know kind of divide and conquer maybe she would have saved the day eventually but it probably would have been higher casualties yeah i have two things to say first of all we can praise i want to go back to jordan's thing um love harry potter can praise harry potter while condemning the disgusting thank you thank that you is from jk rowling second of all um, I struggle sometimes with this conversation about Buffy is an extraordinary slayer, and I want to like hold that. Uh, she does have her friends as strengths, but somehow I feel like if I highlight that, then I'm somehow diminishing how she's an abnormally amazing slayer, no, and I don't want that to be the message. I don't think you have to. Like it's a both and. I think yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah, it's a yes and. Yeah, 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 I don't feel like that either. Like, I don't feel like it's by by crediting her support group, you're discrediting her in some way. Like, I think I th- don't think they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because I think that like it is it is support, but if she couldn't hold her own, then they like wouldn't... you said, she would have still beaten the master. Right. It would have been more casual things. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Might have yeah, taken yeah. longer okay. or whatever. Like. I think it's they're they're the two things that make her the best slayer is her power mm-hmm. and her support. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's it's like what Spike says at in school hard. I think that's why I brought it up last last episode. He says a slayer with friends. I didn't see that one coming. I can't wait to see more of yeah, Spike. Pretty I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh my god. Love his accent. It's gonna be so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are now in the trivia and closing thoughts portion. Oh, I had one. Episode. I had Sorry, one Allie. more note. We're not there when yet. When they were leaving the uh, museum after the like arms and stuff, and and Pot is dead, so they're just they're just gonna leave the mummy body on the floor. <laughs> so <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> so true. What the hell? <laughs> they just they're just gonna leave that mess. The the arms okay. and tendons are there, viewers. I'm holding my <laughs> arms out to the camera as if I'm like enacting what her arms <laughs> are, and then part of her body just drops mm-hmm. and disintegrates as if like it's porcelain. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then these arms are left over. Yeah, what do you do with what do you do when when there's no mummy there, but there are two arms. Arms. Yeah, what does that museum yeah, guide think when he shows up at nine the next day? Like, what yeah, the fuck happened exactly. here? <laughs> or the night guard yeah. who like heard some commotion or something? And this predates Night at the Museum, so he doesn't have an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> Check the tape. I don't know. I don't know. I like because like they could have the they could have just brought the arms with them and tossed them in a trash can or something, or like try or tucked them under the mummy that was in. The thing, yeah, is Rodney's guess, body still? Yeah, in the I was case? gonna say presumably oh, Rodney is, is still, still in there. there. Braces, yeah. he has yeah. braces. With braces. That they still don't know about, but yeah. That I like to think some somebody else is gonna notice as well. There's a whole mess there that they just. Sorry, we'll just tie up the little ends here. As if it's a bow. We're now in the trivia and closing pause. And I okay, this episode overall, I'm gonna. I don't know that I do like it. It's fun. It helps me not hate Xander a little bit, even though he says some racist shit. But it does feel like one of those filler, a random, like it completely doesn't address. I prefer the term standalone, not filler. Standalone, I guess. But you, if if I was watching this for the first time, I have just finished school hard. Yes, and then I. Yes, it would not make the supercut 
if you were only condensing it to the through line of the season. It would not make Ooh. that good way to put Right. But yeah, as far as like character it. development and storytelling, I still think it's a good episode, which is what, again, why I like to say it is a standalone episode, not a filler episode. Because filler, I feel like, gives the connotation that like you don't need it. It's not substance. I was right. It is still substance. You didn't need it, but you're right. It does a lot for Xander and Willow's relationship, kind of. Uh-huh. You're totally right about that. And I think it also does it goes far when we were talking about that conversation that Buffy and Xander have at the end. They do sort of reference like, yeah, remember when I was into you? Because Xander says, wow, present company excluded. Wow, I have terrible taste in women. So it is also going towards Buffy and Xander being friends and being like, okay, we acknowledge you have a thing you have or had a thing for me and want to continue being friends. Mm -hmm. So that I feel like also goes into their character development, their friendship development. I do like the character development. I don't love Xander. We know, we know you like Buffy. We don't need to keep, we're good. But joking. You don't have to keep putting her in that position. But joking about it shows that he's okay with the situation. I didn't see it as him like, poking a sore wound I, I saw it as him being like hot like the the amount of times that i joke about how i was in love with you well we used I'm to joke about it even before you had come out you. to me and but like i was really stalkery and very in love with you and now we bring in it third grade I that's know, a little different like, than we like used to joke about it as far as like middle then school like i was act i actively wanted to date you at the end of last year like i don't know i agree with ellie i, I think it's them showing that like they're cool humor is my right. form of like i don't want to say coping but like humor is no, is how fair. i like can engage at my best <laughs> and yeah, i think that's like, kind of good. what they're doing like he's like oh i had a crush on you I didn't love this episode, but the more we talk about it, the the more I've gotten out of it. And I, I found that was true when we were doing Podcast Diaries, too. Like, I would be like, oh, this book sucked. And then we would talk about it, and I'd be like, actually, this book had some really valuable stuff. But coming off of episode three, it's hard sure. to beat. That was a great episode. And I just wanted to say mm-hmm. my final thought is that I am just so grateful to y'all for opening me up to the world of Buffy because I'm really enjoying it. I love the feminist messages and all the friendship stuff and I'm just really having a great time watching it and listening along so thank you both very much Yay. we're both smiling I just say listeners we are beaming because we're just so happy that was exactly our point in doing this podcast other than just us having time to talk and we were like well if no one listens we still had fun making it but that is yeah. <laughs> that is the goal and that makes me oh so 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 happy also shout out to my mom who's a big fan as well (laughs) oh my god folly mom she texts me after every single episode it's so nice she's literally the most wonderful woman in the world and she she also enjoys the podcast so shout out Yay. Had she seen the show before? Is she nope. watching along or is she nope. just listening? <laughs> She's just listening. Just listening. I think that's what my grandma's doing too. Hi, grandma. My grandma Arlene uh, mentioned the other day that she's been listening to the podcast as well. Aww. I don't know if she's watching along or if she ever watched Buffy, but she is pretty cool. So, so hi, grandma. Treasure your grandma's <laughs> <Love> you. friends. <laughs>
That's precious. my parents also listen. They will at some I'm point call my grandma at some point next season. They'll be they'll be on because there is a very parent focused episode. Oh, fun. Whether I they like it or that. not, I'm, Julie is very excited to be on the podcast. Bruce is less so, but suck it up. My mom refused to come yeah, on Bruce, my podcast. Deal with it. <laughs> really? Folly mom, we're going to have to yeah, talk about that multiple times. <laughs> Folly mom, we'll we'll get you on to talk. Yes, about that. that's really funny. Okay. Nick, what are your closing thoughts? Uh, well, okay, so this dialogue about standalone episode versus filler episode is helpful. Yeah, that's a good distinction. I think we've successfully condemned the problematic parts about Uh dressing up as somebody's culture while also saying, Xander, you were pretty good during this episode. (laughs) Like, pains you to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, You've reluctantly admitted. I do think this episode could exist today, just would be written a little differently. Yeah, the dance would have a, like an 80s theme or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Right. That's how to. Right. Yeah, that's how or to like come yeah. as your ancestors or something. Yeah, if you we could to make still it have an ink and mummy. It's just some of the. And, you know, Xander would have addressed her a little bit more respectfully. Not saying I caramba. Yeah, I was like, about to say the I caramba wasn't that much. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. but i do i do think that overall big points still could exist today even if it were if it were new today i agree well ali do you want to close us out sure i think that about does it for this episode thank you so much for joining us for our episode today and we hope you'll join us next time where we'll discuss season two episode five reptile boy <laughs> I, whew, i'm excited for that one it getting is. back to the angel of it all Oh, yay. I have other. That's funny. <laughs> We're going to give an extra special thank you to our inaugural guest host. I'm so honored to be the first. Jordan. <laughs> I, I meant to say this before. I This, this is going to be shocking to everybody. This is also not my favorite episode. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, where could we, uh, Jordan, Jordan, come in for this episode, please. <laughs> Please I'm, do it. Do it. Spice things up here. Help me relate to it differently. I'm touched that you hoped I could spice it up. I hope I did. <laughs> sure did. Thank you both, as always, for your incredible commentary. Jordan, I want you to plug your various endeavors. Where can people I would find love you? to plug my various endeavors. Uh, I actually have one endeavor, and it's called The Podcast Diaries, as mentioned previously. Uh, and we have a really ridiculous array of social media handles because Podcast Diaries was taken on almost everything. So on Facebook, you can find us at The Podcast Diaries. On Instagram, we're at The Podcast Diary 1. On Twitter, we are at The Podcast Diary. Gmail, thepodcastdiary at gmail.com. And you can find all this and more on our website, at www.thepodcastdiaries.com. And I just wanted to say thank you both again so much for having me. This has been an absolute delight. It was absolutely our pleasure. And folks can find us over at on our email, tabularasabpod at gmail.com. That's T-A-B-U-L-A-R-A-S-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. And you can also say hello to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Tabula Rasa B Pod. That's B as in boy. Or B as in bitches. That's a way better thing to say. And we'd be so thrilled if you'd leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
Um, especially iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I guess, because that's where everybody looks to for rankings. So if you want to help us get rankings, go to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Um, I found a stealth review on Apple. Actually, I'm gonna read this. <gasps> I this isn't in the this isn't in the notes. It's deviating but... from the outline. Yeah, Jordan left us a review who a lot of people wouldn't know it was Jordan. I don't know why you think it was I know me. Jordan, it wasn't me. I know <laughs> it's just it's, a fan. No, whatever. This review is from Unicorn Rainbow Manatee, <laughs> who if anybody knows Jordan, that's right. She left us a review. Well, this person left us a review, a five-star review that said, best podcast ever. Never knew I could love something so much. Listening is like hanging out with friends and talking about your favorite TV show. There's another review from another person who's going to be a guest later this season named Phil. I love you, Phil. Well, that wasn't for me, but they sound really cool, so I'm going to try to get in touch with them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they sound uniquely brilliant. Allie, we've plugged some social media, but we haven't plugged your social media. Where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DaughterPick, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-P-I-C-K. And you can find me on TikTok at FutureBlack cat and if you want to send me mummies because please uh starving artist here and classes and agent meetings are expensive so you can contribute to that at buymeacoffee.com slash alley press also straight up my venmo is just alley dash press a-l-l-i-e-p-r-e-s-s Yes, girl, get it. <laughs> absolutely um all of those social media handles are going to be in the description Ali and Jordan, it has been such a pleasure. I love you both so fucking much. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Love you most. Love you both. <laughs> this has been wonderful. Everyone out there, make proud choices. Bye-bye. Bye. Tabula Rasa, bitches, is hosted by Ali Press and Nick Mercer with music by Inflaton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra. Terra.